Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, yo! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership, here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show with a voice. Let's go. Well, I actually liked it better when you didn't have one, but that's besides the point. Anyway, continue. That was a touch and go. My name is Greg Cover. <laughs> I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, or just on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is the most popular member of the Dave Campbell's Texas football oh, staff. Oh, Jesus. Get, forget that. She's Ashley Pickle. It's true. I, have you seen people when they get around step? Let me rephrase. The most popular full-time member of the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. You're full-time. Everyone loves Ish. I'm like bottom nope. tier. Nope. Nope. Bottom nope. tier. You're... You're too close to the situation. You can't see it from afar. <laughs> I see it from afar. Everyone, everyone is going, uh, I'm so, let me ask you a question. Oh, gosh. How many signs were there in the stands <laughs> for, Ash, for, for Greg Tepper? None. None. How many were there in the stands for Ashley Pickle? One. Shout out Miss Darcy. I don't know. We'll, we'll tell that story just super quick. But uh, back at 7 on 7, after a long, hot day, I put on a Gunner Tiger shirt, and there happened to be some uh, Gunner uh, moms yeah. and dads and stuff down in our hotel. So they took a picture with me and all that stuff. Well, Miss Darcy um, decided that that wasn't going to fly about six months later. So she brought a shirt and said, hey, we brought you a real shirt, and it was a Franklin Lions shirt. So, man, talk about good job on the receipts that's, there that's, by, by Darcy. That's long-term booking. Yeah. That that's long-term. <laughs> term booking today is monday december 20th 2021 339 days till thanksgiving happy birthday to current ranger great dane dunning uh episode 1301 it is a monster show today we are going to talk a little bit about the scene out there at the state championship games kind of give you a little bit of a recap uh that will start off the show then around 1220 we will be joined by i guess former yeah, I typed it, and it felt <laughs> weird. The former head coach of the three-time defending 6A champions, the Austin Westlake Chaparrales, Coach Todd Dodge, will join us. Uh, I texted him this morning, and uh, I pro- I told him, Coach, if you come on, 
I can promise you it, it, it may be the last time I ever bother you. <laughs> like, That's not true. You'll think, find another way. Yeah, I will. But uh, but he doesn't need to know that. Yeah. Uh, but for now, he can at <laughs> least hold off uh, hold out hope that this is the last time I'll bother him for a while. We'll talk with Todd Dodge coming up here in a moment. And then back half of the program, we're going to rank them. The all 12 UIL state championship games ranked from... Uh, let's say I put a neutral fan excitement least level. compelling to most compelling. Yeah, from right? a from a neutral fan. from a neutral perspective. Obviously, look if you're a strong fan, we know what your number one game is. Right, right. We're going from a neutral fan perspective as far as uh, what this was, was LP showing up and watching yes. all the games. The most compelling <laughs> yep. game. We'll rank them uh, coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Jake McNeil, Ryan Smiga, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, fellas. I've also got to say real fast, like in the comments, everyone's going, who's ready for realignment? Let's go. And oh, like, that's why I love you nerds, because you're so excited. But also like... Y'all... <sighs> <laughs> Can we catch our breath? Oh, <laughs> like, I don't want to hear the me. word realignment today. Please don't do that to you me. You got to give me like 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, come on. Come on. Um, Five more minutes. I'm please. also just not sleeping at home, too. So yeah, like, please. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what happened, what went down. We're, we're, we're going to talk more about the scene in this segment. We'll talk about the games in the back half of the show. Right. But for now, we're going to talk a little bit about the scene out there at AT&T Stadium. We got there on Tuesday to set everything up. Uh, shout out to our friends at the UIL, uh, Logan Lawrence and the, uh, you know, uh, Chris Schmidt. And, um, oh, no. Oh, no. What is the, what is the, the new Kate's name? Um, her name is... Um, let's see. Her name is Julia. Julia. I don't know her last name, but the uh, the uh, the uh, she worked with the oil communications. Anyway, shout out to them. Uh, we were able to get a radio booth that we were able to park in there and uh, and and do all of our nonsense from Dave Campbell's Texas football there. Um, they moved the the bally set this year. Did you see that? Did you hear about this? They did. They I moved heard about the this. bally set. Down to uh, section 127. We were in the stands. Yeah, it, it looked awesome. Now, it looks very good. There are positives and there are negatives to that. Right. The positives to that is that it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're immersed in the, in the game. It's a great place to watch the game. Up there on the concourse, it's a good place to watch the game. Down there, you are in it. In it is it. great. Oh, in the yeah. corner of the end zone is awesome. There was that. The bad part of it is that it is very loud down there. Especially yeah. as the crowd swelled, like for example, Saturday morning. <laughs> so, if you watch the season finale episode of High School Scoreboard Live, you may notice something. You may notice that A, Tepper's not talking as much. Thank God. And B, when he is, he sounds like crap. <laughs> and that is because my voice, as you, as you heard, mm-hmm. was shot. It was gone. So I did the T thing. I did the lozenge thing. I was trying everything I could, but it was basically it was too, it was too strained. It's the problem. Is because when it's loud down there, mm-hmm. then you every conversation you have, you're having at this volume, right? Instead of a normal. Well, volume and like the this. other and thing, so you're straining your voice without thinking about the it. The other thing that we talked about was the fact, and I know this very, very well from being on the sideline, is when it gets loud, you feel like you need to talk louder you need to project when in all reality you have a microphone right beside your face that they can control volume on and you don't need to do that but you do it without thinking about it oh absolutely well and you know me i don't need any reason to get excited no um so we got out there on wednesday watched a pair of great six-man games yep um We'll get, like I said, we'll get into the nitty gritty of each of the games coming up here in the pack half of the show. But the six man games were great. The six man crowds were great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
good to, good to see that. Uh, like uh, what, the first game went the distance, which I thought was really compelling. Yeah. Uh, really interesting. Uh, got to see a lot of our friends. Coach Terry Crawford was down there. He was. Uh, and family. And entire the, family. And by the way, Coach Terry Crawford called both those games. Mm-hmm. I had a total mystery. I went over two on yep. those for, on those six-man games. He had a beat on both of them, which is not surprising. He's smarter than I am. Yes. Um, but it was a phenom- two phenomenal six-man games. Uh, and then we had uh, the two-a Division one game. Yep. Two-a Division one game was Shiner and Holly. We got a little bit different of a perspective from that one. We did. Uh, you were uh, on the sidelines for it for Ballot I was. Southwest. Yeah, it was my first time getting to sideline a state championship game, so it was a blast. And you were on the winning sideline. I was, which made it even more fun. You're on the show Because side. everyone was just happy, yeah, so exactly. that makes it nice. And I was in the booth. Yeah. It was myself and Craig Way on the call. Um, let me tell you guys this. When you hear Shea Walker and you hear Gary Reasons, and you hear the color guys who do these color commentary, let me tell you, they are making it look so stinking easy. Because <laughs> it is not easy. No. It was hard. And I was very nervous. Yes. Very nervous. But once we settled in a couple series in, I felt myself unclench. And I and by the time it got to the third quarter, I was having fun. Right. Like it wasn't just like, I'm working. It was, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying being here. Now, part of it is, guys, holy cow. Craig. Uh, if you have the means to work with Craig Way, <laughs> I can highly recommend Even working did. for Craig Way. Yes. But also you and Leslie McCaslin, like it's just it's such. And then Patrick Madrowski, our producer. Oh yeah, people um, killed it. Like it, it was so easy to work with 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 this dream team, and it was it really was. I, I meant what I said. It was such a dream come true. Like mm-hmm. it was such a privilege. It was something that's been on my bucket list for a while, uh, and I got to do it, and yeah. it was fun. And and let's not lose sight of the fact I got to use the telestrator. <laughs> uh, there, if, yes! For anybody who missed the broadcast, Tepper finally got to use the telestrator, and he was just doing circles, and Craig on air goes, you could have at least done an arrow instead oh, of all it? donuts. Just a circle? Just a donut? <laughs> that was great. I got to use the telestrator. I was not going to screw it up. Because you, you also don't want to be the guy who's like drawing all over it, and suddenly like you go viral for... Reasons you did Gun, not anticipate yeah, going that you viral drew for things that you yeah. were probably should. I didn't want to do that. So I just did a circle. Um, Safe. No, that was that that same thing happened for me when I. Y'all all know how much I just admire Craig and always have. Um, but the first time when we did, when I could hear the open going in my ear, and Craig's like, "And we have Ashley Pickle down on the sideline." That was like. That was one of those yeah. surreal career moments that, like, I'm not going to forget. Well, that was really stinking cool. It was, it was stinking cool. You did great. Thank you know you. I don't like to give you compliments, <laughs> but you were fantastic. Of course, Leslie McCaslin was fantastic. Yeah, as well. she's always great. <laughs> uh, and it was a real dream come true. Thursday rolls around. Uh, we had Stratford and Fall City in the early game. Really good crowds there for two teams that had to travel a long time. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought... Pound for pound, you know who might have had the best crowd of the weekend? Hmm. Lorena. Dude, that I, I tweeted out, that's like my one, other than the sock crowd at the end of the game, that was the one crowd picture that I tweeted out, and I was like, this is 3 Division one, and this is insane. Uh, I think Lorena, pound for pound, might have had, well, South Oak Cliff had the best crowd, but uh, pound for pound, probably the second best crowd. Yeah. They were exceptionally, of course, got that win. Uh, impressive for them. Uh, and then the nightcap was, ha <laughs> Gunner and Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, we'll get to that. That was fun. That was that was that was a game, a game that in the middle of the game I found myself taking a step back and taking a deep breath and being like, "Soak this in, 
because this is just super good football. Mm-hmm. Like, enjoy it was, good football. We tweeted out, it was big boy football. Oh, that was big, big boy, boy football. Big boy britches. So we went home, we put on our little uh, football pajamas, uh, tucked ourselves into our little football beds, mm-hmm. got back there Friday. Uh, we had Stephenville and LBJ, Which and is, and you guys had a very special experience with that. We did, and this is something that I guess now that we've done it, we haven't looked at our product it's not, yet. It's not finished, but, but yeah. Um, I also hate to give credit to Ish, but here we go. Ish had the idea of doing, we were going to do it with college game, um, but we decided to go ahead and say, you know what? No, we're going to do it for the state championship game. So Mallory and I, along with the help of Trevor Bullard and Gavin Moritz from Texan Live, we went and followed the teams around from the moment, Mallory and I were up there at like 7.15 in the morning, the moment that the bus drove through the tunnel until the very, very end. Mallory and Trevor were on um, the Austin LBJ sideline, and then uh, Gavin and I were with Stephenville, and we have pregame footage. We have halftime footage of what it looks like. You, guys, so were in the, you guys were in the locker room. We were in the locker rooms yeah. for halftime, for, I mean, postgame, for celebration. Mallory was there for, obviously, the sad locker room. I was there for the party locker room, and it was we got every single aspect of the game from coaches coming over and talking on the sidelines to everything, and we're going to put together a DCTF all-access piece that is very much like a hard-knock style piece. Um, it we have over 500 clips of footage that we got between the two of us. So it won't be out until sometime j- late January, early February, because this is a legit editing process that we're going to go through. But it was unbelievable. Thank you so much to those coaches and the players for letting us do it. But we are super, super excited and hope that y'all are excited to see it. Stephenville got, a, got, got the big win um, there. We moved on to China Spring and their win over Gilmer. Um, I should also say, you know, one of the things – that is so fun about the state championship games for me is just wandering around and just seeing people and, and mm-hmm. talking with coaches and talking ball with coaches. It was a lot of fun just, just going to that. And a lot of Central Texas coaches there for Lorena and then for China Spring. They really kind of kind of circled the wagons around them. China Spring gets the big win. Um, China Spring also. China Spring and Gilmer both had great crowds. Oh, really, yeah. really good crowds. Uh, and then the nightcap was Katie Pato and College Station. Banger alert! Which was, again... Uh, a, a, a as Matt Stepp said, it was a heavyweight prize fight. Mm-hmm. It was just so good. Such great football. And you're thinking on the third day, last game, you're like, okay. We were so excited for overtime. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those. It oh, wasn't one of those like, oh, God, I'm ready. It was like, can this keep going? Can we go into can four play, more? Can <laughs> you we know? play it again today? Day, yeah, exactly. Like, that would be awesome. Uh, so we then we got to then we got to Saturday. We woke up and we went over to Texas Live yes. for the uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Subscriber Meet and Greet, which was uh, awesome. A phenomenal turnout. Mm-hmm. I guess people heard there were breakfast tacos, dude, and they're so good. I didn't have one. You didn't have <laughs> no, one. I was oh, th- too much. we had so yeah, many different man. ones. The chorizo one is. Uh, anyway, I enjoyed y'all's company too, it was, but the burritos yeah. were great. Uh, it was great to see everybody uh, shake hands, talk ball, lots, a lot of good stuff to talk about. Uh, um, uh, Josh Mann, the head coach at Leander Rouse, stopped mm-hmm. by. Uh, DJ Mann. DJ Mann. <laughs> Did you from... see their uh, selfie that they took? No. Uh, go I look at it. I, I, I just got yep. two together, both Coach Mann. Yeah. Uh, DJ tweeted out, uh, I got to meet my long-lost brother or something, and so yeah. they tweeted out a selfie, and it was awesome. Uh, I will have to go check that out. Yeah. Um, DJ Mann and, 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 and Coach Josh Mann were there. Uh, they're definitely. Uh, I got to, of course, got to see my buddy Texas Bob. Mm-hmm. All back, Bob McSpadden. Um, you know, the Blaylocks were the there. The Blaylocks were there. It was uh, Miss Terry Adams, who I have made no secret about, is my favorite. All yes. y'all are fighting for second place. Miss Terry is my favorite. Uh, it was great to see them. Great, just a great crowd. 
uh, every there out out there. We we so appreciate you guys coming out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as I you know, I got the microphone. I got to mention it on stage. But I was like, what you guys like by you? It's easy to say like thanks for your money. Yeah. But like what it is is like you guys are investing in us and allow us to do those cool things like the all access thing. Mm-hmm. And and we are so appreciative of that because it gives us an opportunity to innovate and it gives us an opportunity to to try to do cool things keep to, building. To, to to keep building this thing up. Um, um and also I, a shout we got to give a shout out to our our operations and sales staff oh yeah. and everything because they crushed that well, thing. They I, crushed it all week, but they especially crushed that event cuz well, we didn't do anything for that right. event. Oh, for we sure. just show, showed up. The other thing um is there was so so. There's obviously a little bit of uh, uh, another story going on, uh, which was the passing of Dave Campbell. His his funeral was on Friday. Uh, I was obviously uh, I, I, it, uh, it was obviously um, the um, it was obviously really uh, you know tough. I would have loved to have been at the Friday night. Um, sh- I would have loved to be at the the, the um, rather the funeral on Friday, but they were they did a moment of silence for Dave before every game, which I thought was so touching. Mm-hmm. And they also um, had a uh, you know they, our friends at Big Game USA uh, put together this football for uh, for Dave, uh, which is uh, and his family. We're going to send this to his family literally as soon as I'm done showing it to you guys. Mm-hmm. And they had that up in the press box as well as a big sign. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, mem- Memorialized him with flowers. It was really really beautiful. Um, so then we got to Saturday morning, and Saturday morning there was a uh, sensational uh, crowd, as we expected, for Liberty Hill and South Oak Cliff. And that there's been a lot of talk rocking. about the South Oak Cliff crowd, but the Liberty Hill crowd was excellent too. Oh yeah, they Liberty sh- Hill they crowd showed up. Showed up. It was a lot of fun. Uh, South Oak Cliff gets the win, uh, a, a monumental win for them. Um, and then we moved to uh, Duncanville and North Shore. Another heavyweight prize fight lived mm-hmm. up to the hype. Uh, it came down to who was going to score in the second half. Came That's down, came down to two <laughs> defenses that were playing lights out. It Step called that, by the way. Absolutely <laughs> spectacular. North Shore comes away with the win. They have swept uh, uh, Duncanville three times. Mm-hmm. Awfully impressive by them. And then there was a the nightcap, uh, which was Westlake and Geyer, a game that we have mentioned we were worried was going to be Get out of hand. a yeah. blowout. And Geyer came out. And had a great game plan, and Jackson Arnold was excellent, uh, and they led at halftime. Yeah, and I think we were all looking around like, "Oh my gosh, like what's going on here?" Westlake made some adjustments. They go, th- they go, f- they get the three peat. They send Todd Dodge out with another championship, um, a a remarkable, remarkable victory for them, uh, and uh, just the end of a remarkable week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was exhausting, it was tiring, but it was fun. Yeah. And it was just, it, it, always was, is. it was really, really fun. So we, pre- if, if you came up and said hi to us, we appreciate it. If you, um, you know, if you, if you clicked on our stuff, if you looked at our content, which the numbers say you did, uh, we appreciate it. I, I, I'm, I'm so proud of the Dave Campbell staff that we, you know, this is our Super Bowl mm-hmm. and we want to make sure we cover it as, as well as we can. And we, I felt like we crushed it. And so TexasFootball.com, uh, the entire staff did an unbelievable job. If you haven't been there, go check out our, our coverage. And um, shout out Guy Frazier for getting uh, one heck of a team photo for Guy us. Guy Frazier, that's right. <laughs> I hooked us up there. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it was really, really phenomenal and a great week out there at AT&T Stadium. Uh, and shout out to my wife for letting me go out there and play with my football friends once again. 
We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. It's our subscription package, two magazines a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. If you go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Pickle, let's go to the hotline, and let's bring in, I guess, the former head coach of the Austin-Westlake Chaparral. Felt weird typing that. We go live to Coach Todd Dodge. Is that right, Coach? Are you the former coach? I will be the former coach on January uh, the 30th. That will be my officially my last day as athletic director and head football coach at, at uh, Westlake High School. So... Um, the uh, my uh, successor will probably be named uh, sometime in oh, about the second week of January, I would suspect. So, but as far as my last day on the job, it's going to be the last day in January, twenty twenty two. Well, okay, that's good because you know it's it's always tough when you talk to a guy who just loses his job. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> a tough scene. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we appreciate your time, Coach. I know you've been bombarded with requests, and, 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 and I want to go back to Saturday, um, and, and you, you guys are able to come away with a, a, another win, win the 6A Division II state championship, uh, win your third straight state championship. You've talked at length about how special this team was. You've had a lot of special teams. What was it yes. about this particular group that, that sets them apart? Well, the combination of... Uh a big physical offensive line that could always um, allow you to do whatever you really wanted to do on offense, whether it be to run the ball or, or to chunk it around. Um, a, um, a very uh, athletic defensive line. So it started with them. Um, and the great teams that I've had have always uh, started with that. And then it's just a group of kids that, uh, from a versatility standpoint across our roster, uh, you know, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to pick you know one one over another. But I will say this: no doubt, as far as all three phases to be as complete as we were offensively, defensively, kicking game. Uh, our our kicking game uh, with Charlie Barnett. I mean, he kicks the ball out of the back of the end zone every time, and so we don't have to worry about getting one you know housed on us. Uh, we've got. Uh, you know, Mark Saeg, who uh, I think he's one of the all-time leading PAT. We don't have to worry about leaving points off the off the board. You know, we got Charlie Barnett. Then we do punt the ball. He uh, he changes field position, and then we blocked 11 punts this season, um, and had a had a tremendous group of special teams players. Um, so you know, it's just it, it was a it was a football team that. In, the, in all of the years that I've been uh, been a head coach, I think it was the most complete team. Uh, and then I think that shows in the production to, I think, being the, the highest scoring team in, in, uh, in uh, big school, Texas high school football history. We scored over 900 points and only gave up like nine a game. So... Um, Pretty impressive for these kids. Yeah, it, it is. You guys are the uh, you guys are the fifth highest scoring team in UIL Texas high school football eleven man history. Um, I, you know, but but Saturday, 
uh, Saturday, I think there was a there was a, a notion among us us dum dums in the uh, in, in the media that uh, this is going to be a coronation, that this is going to come easy, that you guys were heavy favorites over Denton Geyer. I know you were not looking past them, but this right. was the first time you guys trailed all season. You trailed going right. into halftime. I got to ask you, uh, what did you talk? What it, what was the message to your guys at halftime facing a situation you literally had not faced all year long? Yeah, it was uh, it was so eerie. It was the same situation we faced 15 years before when we played when I was at South Lake Carroll and we played Westlake in the state championship game. It was the first time we trailed at halftime. Uh, I almost it was like deja vu all over again. It was one of those days that um, in the first half it was uncharacteristic um, of us to turn the ball over a couple times. But the, the biggest thing is, is I just told them at halftime was, you know, we have a choice right now. We can be remembered um, in the next 24 minutes. We can be remembered as one of the greatest high school football teams that's ever played in the state and be a three-peat and all that stuff. I said, or we can be remembered as one of those teams that choked the chili, you know, in the, in the face of adversity for the first time. I said, so y'all make up your minds and decide what you want to do. And that was it. And uh, our kids, obviously, we made halftime adjustments. They listened to their coaches, and we came out and got it done. And, I, and, and to be honest with you, Greg, uh, when it's all said and done, I'm glad it happened the way it did because mm-hmm. uh, it, it really means more to me. It means more to our coaching staff to know that our kids can play less than their best for part of the game and, uh, and still come out and win a game under some, uh, some adversity that was, that was put on us uh, – by Denton Guyer. Denton Guyer played an outstanding game. They've got they've got really good players, and um, we looked down the barrel of the gun, and and uh, it ended up winning the ball game. Talking with Todd Dodge, the head coach still, the Austin Westlake Chaparrales here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation in hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, your, your offense came alive in the second half, and and a big reason why was uh, the, the pass-catch combo of, of quarterback Kate Klubnick and wide receiver Jaden Greathouse. Um, these are two guys. Obviously, Cade is going to go off to Clemson now. Jaden still got years to go there at, at, at Westlake. Uh, as far as a, you've coached some really good ones, but as far as a pass catch combo uh, is concerned, where does that stack up in, in, in your career? Probably right at the top as far as a, a one quarterback and one wide receiver. You know, I mean, it's uh, those two, uh, if people could be a, a fly on the wall and watch them work, though, there's, there's a reason why. Uh, they have connected on so many deep balls throughout their career together. It's because they work so hard on it. Uh, Jaden is so, you know, fabulously talented young man. He's, you know, started 46 career games, uh, and he's still got a, a whole nother season left to play high school football. He, um, but you know, and Cade throws a beautiful deep ball, and um, they went out and and we we trusted them. We, we talked about. Um, you know, at halftime, we thought we were going to get a look, and then we verified it in the second half where we put the formation into the boundary, and we, we were able to get them out of their what we call their free Tampa look and, and get one-on-one coverage to the field with Jaden, and that's what uh, that's what really ignited our team along with the field goal by, by uh, Charlie Barnett. Yeah, that field goal was unbelievable. When you guys lined up to kick that, I'm like, 
Does he, does he know how long that is? And sure enough, uh, that's what I get for, for doubting y'all. Um, I, I, on the other side of the ball, you know, your defense, uh, as we mentioned, Geyer came out with a fantastic game plan. We're able to run the ball effectively with their quarterback, Jackson Arnold. Uh, but the defense tightened up in the second half. That is uh, that is no surprise considering who's at the helm of that defense in, in, in defense coordinator Tony Salazar. Uh, I know you have been uh, pretty outspoken about who you think uh, should take over the big chair there at, at, at Westlake. And, and, and can, you, can you tell us a little bit about this this Tony Salazar coach defense, which was – uh, which was really, you know, as 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 high powered and, and as historic as the offense was, sure seems like your defense is just as good. Yes. Uh, well, Tony, um, you know, it's been well documented. I hired him ten years ago, and and uh, it's kind of one of those deals. Sometimes, if you can't move the ball on someone, try to hire him, and uh, that's where it started. <laughs> and he's uh, I hired him when he was twenty eight years old, and uh, he's in his late thirties now, and he's he's t- turned down some head coaching jobs over the last three or four years, and. And I just, you know, with Tony, I just told him, said, be patient. You know, I, I, we will continue to be productive. And as long as we continue to be productive, as long as we continue to win 13, 14 games a season, uh, when it's time for me to step out, you're going to be the guy. And, and he will be. And, and and that's what my superintendent and I have talked about. And uh, it's going to happen. And uh, there's no doubt that it's the right decision. Um, and I'm so proud of him. He's one of the great teachers of the game of football. Uh, and uh, he's, a, he's one of the – the greats at putting a, a, a great talent like uh, an Ethan Burke in positions to make plays. And, and really the key to the victory the other night was once once we got the, the score the right way and, uh, and Geyer had to had to start throwing the ball, we got him one-dimensional. They, you know, uh, anytime that uh, you can keep the, you know, keep the, uh, the playbook open uh, for an offense, you know, they're going to be dangerous with the kind of talent that they have. They moved number 22, uh, the kid to, um, um, you know, their outstanding defensive back to, to offense and he made some real plays for them. And, uh, but we ended up with nine sacks. That was the difference in the ball game. Um, uh, the explosive plays by us, the field goal by us, and then the sacks, we had nine sacks in the state championship game. Uh, and so, you know, we, we knew going in that this was uh, definitely your last game. Win, win or lose, yep. you, you had said that this was, uh, this was, this was it. Um, yes. You had a lot of family there. Uh, you had a lot of, uh, you, know, you, you know, a lot of people flying into town to, to make sure they were there for them. I know you had been thinking about it all week, but when the moment came uh, that, uh, that it, hit, it hit triple zeros and, and you were three-time state champs, um, what were the emotions like over there on your side? Very emotional, uh, very t- just thankful for these kids that they saw through. I just I can't tell you enough how much, you know, when you really stop and think how much pressure was on this group of kids, uh, not to only do it to for themselves, um, to be three feet. You know, three feet doesn't happen very often in, in our state at the highest classification. And they, they really wanted to do that. They wanted to make history. And then. You know, they wanted to do it for their coach, you know, and they wanted to do it for their community. And it was just a whole lot of stuff. And um, all season long, the thing that I will remember about this team, the thing that, that went into my mind is is, is, is that clock uh, near zero is, is how much I love these kids and how much I respect them for the respect that they have for the great game of football. They played it the way it ought to be played. They played it physical. Uh, they played it uh, – you know, uh, seven seconds at a time. Uh, they played to the echo of the whistle. 
you know, they um, they played it as a team. It was a, it was a team that you could say, all right, we can win a game running the ball. We can win a game throwing the ball. We can win a game with defense. We can win a game with a kicking game. It was a complete football team. Oh, and finally, Coach, um, you know you're a you're a football lifer. Uh, you've uh, you you you've got a, a, a long history of playing football here and coaching football here in the state of Texas. And and now you say you're retiring. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I guess the question, like, what in the heck are you going to go do? Like, I just I just I, I just don't I just don't know what you're going to go do. Uh, yeah. Coach uh, Riley Dodge, your your son that was on the desk with us on Valley Sports Southwest. Uh, and he said, he, you know, uh, he's going to be hanging around a field house at some point. What like yeah. what what is what is a retired Todd Dodge look like? I don't even know. Well, <laughs> Jeff, uh, I absolutely I. I'll still be able to uh, scratch the itch by being able to follow the South Lake Carroll Dragons. And, uh, <laughs> I've got my, my, my biological son is the head coach of South Lake Carroll. And uh, my one that I consider like a son to me will be the head football coach of the Westlake Chaparrales. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pretty cool gig to be able to, to follow those two and, and, and hang out and, and, and support those groups of kids and groups of coaches. Uh, the other thing is, is that, um, you know, during the off season, I'll I'll still work. Uh, you know, I want to be able to work with quarterbacks. You know, on the side and, and, and be able to train quarterbacks. I'll be able to, you know, work my camps during the summer. And, and you know, and Elizabeth and I are going to, you know, we're going to act like we're retired for a while. We're gonna we're gonna try to go do things. You know, this spring I joked with someone the other day. I said maybe in April we'll go to Key West, Florida, or somewhere like that, right in the middle of spring football practice, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, you know, and. Um, you know, or next fall, maybe I'll make a tea time at, at ten o'clock on a Friday morning or something like that. That the, it, it'll it'll be special, and and coach, you know, we we are so thrilled for you. Congratulations again. We uh, I know that on behalf of Dave Campbell's Texas football, we're going to miss you, but I also know uh, you're not going to be a stranger. So congratulations again on a fantastic career, and uh, and we we look forward to seeing you down the road and whatever you're doing. I want to get one last. Uh, uh, this this season for the Westlake Chaparrales uh, was all about the memory of mm. uh, Jake Ellinger and, and Jackson Coker, uh, 36-16 forever, and also want to just uh, give my condolences to the Campbell family of, of, of the greatest uh, football Texan there ever was, Dave Campbell. Thank you, Coach. We really appreciate it, and, uh, and we will see you down the road, my friend. Thank you so much, Ted. Appreciate y'all. There he goes. Todd Dodge. Still... The head coach of the Austin Westlake Chaparral. Yeah, I deleted another month, that former. I deleted another it. month. Don't try to <laughs> He's run still him. The king. Don't try to run him out yet. <laughs> He's still got clerical work to do. His um, his the the athletic secretary there, the actual boss. Oh, um, she is fantastic. She's the actual boss. She can she can get another month of work out of him. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, we will miss him. Uh, a a oh, yeah. one of a, a legendary Texas high school football coach, uh, hanging it up there in Todd Dodge uh, goes out with a three-peat there at Westlake and a remarkable remarkable career comes to a close Mm -hmm. uh, on the biggest stage the final game of the year in a uh, that was the other cool thing it was the final game last game of the year that was cool I said that and then the other thing that I thought was so cool was that we it wasn't one of those like oh you know what I got three okay I'm gonna call it quits like we knew from the beginning of the year like that's that's awesome he made it known that this was going to be it uh, and they went on style they went out in style, and he's right. Like, 
there are two teams, and we'll talk about them when we get to our rankings of, of the 12 state championship games. There are two teams that we saw at AT&T that we're going to need to have big conversations about mm-hmm. as far as their place in history. We'll get to that in a moment. Anyway, we appreciate Todd Dodge. We certainly hope. Uh, yeah, 10 a.m. tea time on a Friday. That'd be a, that'd be a weird thing for him, it, but it, I, yeah. I imagine he's going to do it. And, and hang out with those grandkids. We're, we're, we're thrilled for them. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. All right, Pickle, one last thing to do today, and that is... Rankin Susan. We <laughs> watched 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 12... Yes, Matt. UIL Texas High School football games out there at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. 12 state champions crowned. Uh, and we want to talk about the games. Yeah. We want to rank them. Uh, and the way that we're going to rank these is as far as a neutral fan being enjoying the game. A neutral yes. fan uh, being compelled by this game. I have named them neutral fan excitement rankings. Neutral fan excitement rankings, yes. basically. Um, obviously, look. If you're a Lorena fan, I know what your favorite game of the weekend was. Absolutely. Right? If you're a North Shore fan, I know what your favorite game of the weekend was. On the other side, if you are a uh, Brock fan, I know what your least favorite game of the week was. Right. Right? We're talking from a neutral perspective. We're going to rank the 12 UIL Texas High School Football State Championship games in 2021. And thanks to our friends at Bally Sports Southwest, we can show you some key play, a key play from each of them. And so we'll start with number 12. Second down. Toss back, following a block and the breaking free. Say goodnight to this one. Grayson Rigdon, 79 yards for the touchdown. And that's as far as you can go. In six-man football, 79. Number 12, the 1A Division II state championship game. Strong 73, Motley County 28. Mm-hmm. One of the more shocking results, I think. We thought yeah. this was going to be uh, a bit of a bit of a shootout, and we thought this was going to be Back and fu- forth. functionally uh, pretty close. But in the end, it ends via 45-point uh, mercy rule in the third quarter. About three minutes left. I want to say about three minutes left. In the third quarter. Yeah, the way that this game went, we were surprised that it didn't happen at halftime or right after halftime, to be honest so with you. So, Molly County took the ball first, and they score. I, I want to say they maybe exchanged stops, but then Molly County, or no, no, they, um, maybe they didn't. I don't know. In any this case, is going great. Molly County <laughs> scored first. They go up 8 nothing on a Jake Richards uh, a touchdown, a touchdown catch. Mm-hmm. A name that you've probably heard before. We were like, oh, he's doing his thing again. And then Strawn scored the next 36 points, and the game was over, basically. Yes. They're 36 to 8. A wave from the Greyhounds, and it was all about one dude in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. About Grayson Rigdon, the freshman, the superstar freshman, mm-hmm. who was the, uh, the offensive MVP of the game. He was spectacular, and the defense stood up. The defense, one of the questions we had was, was this Strawn defense, which has been beat up at times, were they going to be able to find a way to slow down Jake Richards in this rushing attack? They absolutely were. In fact, Molly County had to go to the air. Mm-hmm. Molly County said, you know what? We're going to drop back and try to throw. And Strawn was ready for it. Oh, Gave yeah. a lot of credit to Lorenzo Garcia, the defensive uh, defensive MVP. They came away with a great victory. Strawn uh, wins their fifth title under Dwayne Lee mm-hmm. and uh, does it in fashion. They settle the debate. 
They are the number one team in 1A Division uh, one Division 2. There's no doubt about it. It's the 12th ranked game yeah, in my Yeah, and the rankings. fact that uh, Rigdon is a freshman is scary. Oh, yeah. For the rest of the Very six-man community. Scary, that man is a bad man. <laughs> he is. a bad, bad man. Number 11. Elston really is like a number two receiver who could be a number one receiver on just about any other team in the state. That's because Coy Aiken is the number one receiver for Stephenville. Off the slant, Aiken has his third touchdown. 43 yards. Man-to-man coverage on Aiken. Wide side of the field, a beautiful throw by Lambert and a better catch and run by Coy Aiken. My goodness, what a half. He is- Stephenville, 38, Austin LBJ, 21 in the 4A Division I state championship game. Um, this was the Coy Aiken show. This kid was unbelievable. He was, he was so good. In literally and, and we, every phase of the ball. We knew he was really good. Yeah, he was but uh, Mr. Texas football semifinalist. He saved his best for last. Mm-hmm. He was unbelievable in this game. Uh, he ends up finishing with, I have the uh, stats right here. He ends up finishing nine catches, 187 yards, and three touchdowns, and he also ran for a touchdown. Not to mention, he had one of the wildest and plays that we saw all weekend. He had, the play, he had one of the plays of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Steamville's in control, mm-hmm. but Ryder Lambert throws an interception to Noah Brown in the end zone. Noah Brown's taking it out of the end zone. Coy Aiken, who is the intended receiver, comes up, punches <laughs> it out of the uh, of Noah Brown's hands into the awaiting arms of it was number eighty-eight or number eight of Kalen Kimbrough, mm-hmm. who takes it back for a touchdown. Uh, a remarkable individual effort there. But let's also give credit to the Stephenville defense. Yes who we had questions as to whether or not they were going to be able to handle the team speed from LBJ, and they were. Their linebackers were excellent in this game. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent, excellent. The elephant in the room here is that LBJ fumbled four times the first quarter. It just... And it it kind of snowballed on them. And they were down 17-0 at the end of the first quarter. That's what made this kind of disappointing. Stephenville took an early lead, and they were able to kind Mm -hmm. of uh, hold on from there. Because LBJ had a really good third quarter. And I want to be clear. Stephenville's the better team. The fumbles are not necessarily – I don't know if that necessarily changed no. the winner of the game, Mm-mm. but it would have been a different kind of game. Mm-hmm. I thought Stephenville was the better team, but LBJ put the ball on the turf four times, and uh, and in the end, they come away with another state uh, championship victory. You feel great for Sterling Doty. Uh, they had a big crowd, too. Uh, you feel they great for Sterling well. Doty, who is uh, an alum, who uh, won two state championships there as a player, now gets one as a coach. And he was Fired up, he was man. fired up. He and, was and fired every up. Every reason to be. I saw him before the game. I went up and I, I shook his hand, and, and he was very. It, you could tell how much it meant for him to bring Stephenville here. Mm-hmm. You could tell. Um, anyway. And we've got clips of him dancing afterwards. So Pretty great. Enjoy. Anyway, <laughs> Stephenville over LBJ is number eleven. Number ten. So they go to Duck Brooks. What nineteen? Has to worry about that. Here he goes. Look at Brooks run. Well, Brooks taking on would-be tacklers and just shoving them out of the way all the way down to the 40-yard line. He rumbles, and I do mean rumbles, for 47 yards. Doug Brooks, a vulgar display of power. Speaking of big, how about one more big run from Doug Brooks fighting O'Shields, leaving O'Shields. Now to Will Scott. Can he bring him down? He does. 
But one more huge run from Doug Brooks, 78 yards. The Leviathan is loose. Doug Brooks catches it, just getting a, a little bit of a lead there. Just a, a lead dive, and he breaks into the open tackle. There's that stiff arm we've come to know. He's off to the races. A mastodonic run from the big fella. Putting a capper. Shiner 47, Holly 12. In a game ruined by the color commentator. Hard um, agree. <laughs> this game was very different for in the first literally until the, the first Doug, 22 minutes yeah, of the game. Yeah, until the Doug Brooks touchdown right before halftime. It's like a 14, minute 12 in the fi- into the final minute of the first half. And then Doug Brooks runs for a 28-yard touchdown run that put up 21 to 12 and Craig Way and I kind of looked at each other and were like, mm-hmm. This is, this is going one way. There was a collective sigh of relief on the sideline when Doug Brooks scored that touchdown right before Cause, the, cause, the halftime. And this was another game that we thought, okay, one team is going to have, like like Holly. we thought Holly was, was overmatched in this game. Mm-hmm. They had stomach for the fight, and they came in and threw some haymakers in this game. Yeah, and they, um, threw, they could throw the ball really well, which is something we hadn't seen from them. Deontay Ramon had a long touchdown run. Uh, Will Scott caught a touchdown pass, and there was it was 14-12. to 12. They were always chasing that extra point that they had missed. Uh, but in the end, in the second half, the Brooks brothers took over. Dalton Brooks and Doug Brooks, absolutely spectacular, and the defense did what they do. They locked things down. Uh, basically, they made one defensive adjustment. Holly had to come out and throw the ball. Rody Hooper was, was thrown, and they were getting single-man coverage on the outside because Shiner, Daniel Boddicker was pretty clear. He's like, we need, need to stop the run. Yeah. We don't think he that they He told us throw. that like eight times. We need to stop the run. <laughs> well, he they were able to throw a little bit. Mm-hmm. They were able to throw a little bit and get something cooking. They made one adjustment where they started putting a safety over the top, and, and at that it point, over. it was kind of over. Uh, and Doug Brooks, what a way to cap a career. Uh, it was so fun to watch. Uh, I, I, I think you and I are both pretty honored to just be a small part of his his pretty iconic Texas high school football career. Mm-hmm. That was number 10. Number 9! High snap and the kick is blocked. Look out here! On the block field goal, here goes Gabe Watkins. Say goodnight to this one. Gabe Watkins brings back the block field goal 85 yards for a go-ahead touchdown. China Spring 31, Gilmer 7 in the 4A Division 2 state championship game. That play right there, I think that was the most impactful play of the week. Yes. I think that was the game. I think that was the play that swung a game the most. Yes. Because at that point, at that point, it is seven to seven, mm-hmm. and it's the final play of the of the first half of a real nip and tuck kind of kind of hard to hard for both offenses to find their way yeah. type game. Going into halftime, if we would have gone in with a kick right there, we would have had we, no idea who was going to win that even, game. Here's the there thing. was not a favorite. Make or miss that kick. He yeah, can push exactly. that thing wide, and it's still like, all right, like save right, ball. Just game. collect, yeah, tie ball game, but whatever. The, the blocked field goal and 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 Watkins was was something. Watkins, Caleb Watkins. Yes, I believe oh, so. Let me see. He deserves my respect. Um, Brian Bell took off down the sideline, like the look of shock of, oh my gosh, we can do this hit the moment that he ran that ball back. Uh, let me. I will make sure. Uh, Cole Watkins. Cole. Okay. He returns it for for a. a a block field goal return for a touchdown on the final snap of the, of the first half. And that makes it 14-7 China Spring, and China Spring never looks back. Major Bowden, that kid, that kid's a player. 
That kid's a bulldog. That kid, they they over and over and over again asked him to run into a tough Gilmer front, and he was ready for more. He bounced up and was ready for it. The China Spring defense and their defensive team speed was the difference. They gave Gilmer one of the most high-octane offenses in 4A Division II. They gave them all sorts of trouble. Mm-hmm. Gilmer did not have an offensive answer in this game. And in the end, their defense wore down. Major Bowden and that offense wore them down. He's a worthy offensive MVP. Trey Hafford from China Spring was the defensive MVP. I believe he had a couple of interceptions yes. in this game. A remarkable victory for China Spring. Brian Bell and company bring home the victory. Another wild crowd. Mm-hmm. China Spring had a big crowd. This is a fun game until it wasn't, really. Right. Because, uh, but that, that blocked field goal really changed the entire tenor I would of the have game. loved to see what was said in that locker room cuz man they did not miss a beat from no, excitement they, when they came back they out came in the out, third it, they came it out never and they dove. knew that was the moment moment yep anyway number 8 Loved it. he's got great house wide 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 open this will be the third long-distance dial-up touchdown from Kate Klubnick to Jaden Greathouse, 71 yards. Well, I'm not really sure where the eyes of Eli Bowen were on that play because he allows Greathouse to run by him. Take a look at Bowen out here. Oh, he, oh, he falls down. I didn't see him fall down. And Jaden Greathouse does a, just does what he does and runs down the field. Austin Westlake, 40, Denton Geyer, 21, in the 6A Division II state championship game that closed out the weekend on Saturday night. We just talked with Coach Todd Dodge. Um, We thought Geyer was, we thought this was going to be a bad game, Mm -hmm. plain and simple. We thought thought we were going to end with a clunker. We thought nobody could hang with Westlake. And let's take a moment and admire the game plan that Geyer and, and Coach Rodney Webb and his staff came out with. Yeah. It was terrific. They were able to run the ball on them. Uh, uh, you know, the, when Jackson Arnold was able to, to to get a little something going on the ground, he was their most consistent weapon uh, on the ground. Um, and the defense forced a couple of turnovers. Yeah. and made this game close. Remember, Westlake had not trailed all season, Mm-mm. and then they go and they're trailing at halftime. Yep, fourteen thirteen. The second half, though, the defense put the clamps on. And the offense woke up. And the way the offense woke up was they started where they were able to start running the ball a little bit. And Cade Klubnick, who missed a couple throws early, mm-hmm. he locked in. Yep. He locked in. Jaden Greathouse was spectacular, set a 6A receiving yards rec- uh, record, and they pulled away. Um, and, and uh, you know, another special teams play that I think may have been the biggest play of the game, mm-hmm. which was it's late in the third quarter. Westlake is down 21 20, and they've got fourth and Fourth and too long to go for it. Yeah. Like, I think uh, it was fourth and eight. Yeah. Uh, but it's in Geyer territory. It's in plus territory. And after, I think they call a timeout, and then they send Charlie Barnett, the kicker out there, for a 53-yard kick field goal. And I'm sitting going like, Todd, have you lost <laughs> your mind? What are you, what are you thinking? Sure enough, Charlie Barnett bangs through a 53-yard field goal, and that was the last time they trailed. They get a stop. They go down and get a long touchdown pass to Jaden Greathouse. Another stop, get a long touchdown pass to Jaden Greathouse. At that point, it's 37-21, and it is church. They had an, uh, a field goal late, and um, yeah, this is the highest scoring 6A team of all time, mm-hmm. uh, and the fifth highest scoring UIL Texas high school ball team ever. Uh, the offense woke up, and 
the second half went the way that we thought the whole game was going. Right. I was going to say two things here. One, it was funny when they went to line up to kick that because – one, Westlake doesn't have to kick field goals often. Mm-hmm. And so everyone was like, what in the world is he doing? And I was like, no, guys, wait a second. This kid has a I've leg. I've seen this before. I was like, this kid ha-, – and I talked to uh, – every time I talked to a coach, I asked him, you know, well, how do you feel about your kicker? And, and Coach Dodge would just laugh and go, oh – confident like there's no way we can't score with him um the other side of it that I wanted to give credit to for Denton Geyer is they had the blocked I think it was a blocked punt in the first quarter that Westlake returns for the touchdown Westlake was up six nothing before they even had an offensive snap exactly and so we at that moment we were like all right here it comes and for for Rodney Webb to not like one to go out and have a good game plan, but to not let that first major mistake mm-hmm. affect the way that the rest of that first half went. Like, because you're, we always say like when you see the W walk out, like you're already down seven. Basically, yeah. it's like he they literally were down. They were intimidated, and then but in the end, it was also about the front for Westlake mm-hmm. that they were harassing Jackson Earl. They sacked him nine times. I mean, they were all They're over. So him. big, they were so big and so fast, and and in the end that. All that came together, and that is one of the two teams that we will have to have a larger conversation about where they fit in on the pantheon of all-time Texas high school football team because that was a complete Austin-Westlake team. Did you see Ish's tweet about uh, Great House? No. He said, well, they don't call him Pretty Good House. Boo. Yeah, I said someone should revoke his Twitter privileges. Number seven. Scoring offense in 3A Division One coming in. Second only to Brock. Hanson, the direct snap yet again, and pitching at the last second to Kaysen Pitts for the touchdown. Hanson at the last possible moment, finding Pitts for the score. Punctuation for Lorena. Well, one of the many great plays that this Leopards offense has had. Take another look here at Hanson. It is at the last second, as you said, Ted, right before the knee goes down. Lorena 35, Brock 18, the 3A Division I state championship game. This game was all about the fact that that Lorena was able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Hans, even without Reed Michna. Remember, Reed Michna did not play in this game. Nope. I saw Ray Biles um, in the morning, because this is a 3 o'clock game, right? Yeah, I yes. saw him that morning on the concourse. They were there to watch kind of the, the first half of the, the game ahead of them. And I went up, I shook his hands, you know, I said, hey, how healthy are you? And he said, well, the Mitch Nick is nicked up. He's going to try to go. Uh, we never saw him. He never played. Didn't matter. Uh, he's an outstanding football player, but but Brett Hans was able to pick up the load. They, Lorena came out and threw the first punch and then the second punch. Mm-hmm. They took the ball, drove down and scored. Second, uh, And then they got, they got a stop, went down, drove and scored. Red hands and a pair of touchdowns, and they were up 14 nothing. And at that point, it was kind of over. Uh, now, Brock came back. They the, they actually got a pretty decent game, I thought, from Cutter Wilson. Yeah, who we didn't even know if he was going to play or not because right. he went out in the semifinal in the first quarter. But the front seven for Lorena was so good in this game. It was nuts. And I really underestimated their team speed defensively. I really underestimated it. But they were all over Tyler Moody in the backfield, and they were flying the football. The other thing, they came out, and they were fired stinking up yeah that team played like their hair was on fire they were really they were really you know they were not gonna let this opportunity pass no um and sure enough the defense was spectacular in this game 
Um, and then and the offense, Red Hansen was great, and then and give some credit to the quarterback too. Uh, Ryan Abel was not asked to do a ton, but he stepped up when he needed to. Yeah, most all of our highlights in the instant reaction were like from the first half, where literally Lorena's defender or defensive line just oh, murdering people they were, in the backfield. They were out there eating. And they how cool eating. for Ray Biles too? I mean, yes. that's that was that's, awesome. There's Ray Biles. Story. Ray Biles in his thirtieth year at Lorena mm-hmm. gets his first state championship. Uh, what a remarkable victory for him! And, and it was funny because in the post game, all the post game, everyone was asking questions like, you know, what does what does coach mean to you? You know, what does it mean to do this for coach and stuff like that? And Ray Biles is like the most like egoless um, man I yeah, think I've ever like met. So humble. And and he's like, oh, can you guys just stop this, please? Like, please. He is very clearly uncomfortable <laughs> with all of this. Uh, well, don't want to state championship. If you don't want us talking about you, coach. Yep. Uh, but it, you feel great for him. And by the way. Um, like all the Central Texas coaches were down there because he's the dean of the Central Texas. Oh yeah, coaches, they like the Godfather down like, there. We got. I was I was up in a suite and I'll just I'll blow up their spot up there with Kevin Hoffman and mm-hmm. and, and Don Hyde from Martin and Winkle of Vega, and they were they were there was they were making no bones about what they what they wanted to happen in this game. Yes, they were cheering openly because they wanted Ray Biles, who is the dean and, and is known as one of the classiest guys in Texas high school football, mm-hmm. to get his. And he does Super in emphatic fashion. Lorena wins at 35-18. Number six! Front. Rennie with two wives to the left. Looking over the middle into double coverage. Tip and it's caught. Drew Jones into the end zone. Touchdown, Stratford. It's behind, but you've got your... Your two defenders, safety ball, and it just drops over the top. That's about the... Stratford 39, Fall City 27 in the 2A Division 2 state championship game. First of all, shout out our buddy Mike Leslie on the call there. Yeah. Uh, he, he stepped in and, and did that game, and he was excellent in it. Um, this game was so weird. <laughs> so weird. It because... Really and here's why, okay? <laughs> we knew... We knew that Stratford could throw the ball a little bit. Yes, they had done state seven on. They made the state seven on seven. It had been a point of emphasis for, for Matt Lovern to to get his guys throwing the ball. They were always a hard nosed running game. They wanted to throw the ball. Cody Rennie was ex- excellent in this game. Uh-huh. Excellent, Which is funny. Excellent, excellent. Your key to the game in the picks video was Rennie on the run. Like we expected him to just run all power. over everything. Quarterback power. Quarterback and he power. did. But and, and then, <laughs> but here's the other thing. Fall City had thrown like 28 passes all year long. That's probably an overstatement. But they had not thrown the ball. Barely. Very much. much, Okay? They averaged three completions a game. Okay? And sure enough, they drop back, and it's suddenly the Air Raid Beavers. (laughs) They're throwing the ball all over the yard, and they were pretty good at it. Uh, Luke Shaver threw for a pair of touchdowns. Uh, But in the end... This was a game that went to halftime at 14, uh, 14 or 21-13. 21-13, because uh, Fall City was able to punch it in in the final moments to make it uh, to make it 21-13. They had the lead. And then the biggest play of the game happened. Mm-hmm. Stratford was supposed to kick the ball off Fall City. Surprise onside kick, and they get it. Yep. And from there, the wave started. Cody Rennie was excellent in the second half. The offensive line was excellent, and the defense stood on their head. They were fantastic. Uh, Drew Jones, who was yes. awesome in this game, the wide receiver there for Fall City or for for Stratford, he was great. They uh, they kept showing his parents on the the video board, and that was one of our favorite parts of the whole game. That was so cool. To he watch. was great. Um, he came up clutch when they this was Strat. I don't know. I, I tweeted this out. 
I don't know what Matt Lovern told him at halftime, but bottle it up and sell it. Yep. Because that worked. They were awesome in the second half. And Stratford pulls away uh, to win it 39-27. Uh, there in the fourth quarter, they pull away and, and, and win the win the ball game. Actually, they really pulled. They pulled. It was the whole second half. Second yep. half, they outscored they them twenty six to six. They they their capability to spread the ball around to yeah. so many different receivers was just really fun to watch. And they did a great job, really shutting down. Like Fall City had to throw the ball because they couldn't run the ball. Right, which exactly. Is really impressive. Stratford gets the win. Number five. Bailey with a lot of time. Going deep, and he's got Amador open. And Amador the catch for the touchdown. 39 yards, one strike, down the middle, North Shore, back in front. What a great throw and a good way to execute this by Caleb Bailey. He got the play fake here, almost inside, and then all of a sudden he sees Almador streaking behind the defense, and he lays it out there, a perfect thrown ball. Almador comes down with that huge touchdown here and puts North Shore on front, up front. North Shore 17, Duncanville 10. The 6A Division 1 state championship game. Step called it. First one to 10. John K. is a damned wizard. Yes. This is his best coaching job. Mm-hmm. This is unbelievable. A freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. And all the guys they don't have. Zach Evans is not there. Shadrick Banks is not there. Demetrius Davis is not there. That offensive line is smaller than that it's ever been. That offensive line had some pieces to work in. Yep. And to play bully ball mm-hmm. against the ultimate bully ball team. Yep. In- and to win it is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It is staggering. That man, John Kay and his staff are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And you want to know what I think shows that so much, and it's not during the game. As soon as the game was over, they all went to the sideline to line up, put their helmets down, and start doing their little kick line that they do in the state championship game. Like, if that doesn't show what he does with that program, I don't know what does. They knew. I mean, they knew it was going to happen. They, yeah. They were like, we got this. They were Because uh, here's the thing. This is the, the third of a trilogy, right? North Shore's won all three of them. Mm-hmm. In 2018, it was a coin flip. I picked North Shore, but it was a coin flip type game. In 2019, I think North Shore was favored because Jaquindon Jackson was out. Yes. If he had not been out, close to a coin flip, maybe lean Duncanville. Mm-hmm. They were underdogs this year. Absolutely. Duncanville was the clear favorite in this game. And they, they bowed up to one of the most physical defenses in the state with a freshman quarterback, and their own defense was relentless. Chris Ross and that uh, and, and, and Ronald Wilson and that front seven mm-hmm. for North Shore was incredible. They were so good. They did not let Malachi Medlock beat them too much, and they made Solomon James's life hell. They did. That was a master class from John Kane Company. And by the way, that play, that throw from a freshman... That is a holy crap. That well, is it, a dime. That is a bucket shot. Especially because he hit him in I'm talking full stride. Like a he he ran into the wall and did a backflip because he was running so hard. That was a big 
boy britches throw from a freshman in, J in Caleb Bailey. He's going to be dangerous. Unbelievable. North Shore wins their third title in four years. Dynasty. That's what they are. They're a dynasty. Number four. 14. Farrar. First down and more. How about a touchdown? Exclamation point for South Oak Cliff. out to the right and this play has been open for the Golden Bears offense and you see you've got big number seven. South Oak Cliff 23, Liberty Hill 14. In the 5A Division 2 State Championship game on Saturday morning. Uh, we, we can't talk about it without talking about the crowd uh, because that amazing. elevated it. Amazing. It's the 10th largest crowd in Texas high school football history. More than 45,000 were on hand to watch it and I think that's an undercount. Yes. The crowd, the scene was amazing. Mm-hmm. Liberty Hill, what Kent Walker is doing there and carrying on the legacy of his brother Jeff is stupendous. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were the smaller team. Yes, by, were, by a massive amount. They were the slower team. Mm -hmm. They were the less explosive team. Mm -hmm. And they, that slot T offense, when we say the slot T is the devil, that's what we mean. Go back and watch it was that set. They're in that second quarter when they really started cooking. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to stink and do it. They're going to stink and do it. And they gave them hell. And the defense stood on their head and they were able to keep South Oak Cliff down offensively for a large part of this game. There's two things I want to talk about here. There's three things I want to talk about here. There's a million things I want to talk about here. One, Kevin Henry Jennings, the quarterback for South Oak Cliff, mm -hmm. on third and fourth down, money. He... Absolute cash on third and fourth down. They lose that game mm -hmm. if he's not as good on third and fourth down. And you want to talk about a stone-cold Iceman. Mm-hmm. And he's there. done it all year long. I talked with all year long. I'll just blow up his spot. I talked with Tim Buchanan from Alito mm -hmm. out there. Uh, on he was there watching the Brock game on Thursday. I was chatting with him, and he told me. I, was, I, was, I asked him. I was like, "Tell me about South Oak Cliff." He goes, "He goes that quarterback is a killer. Mm -hmm. That quarterback when when they need a play, he comes through." Because he every did it like it, in their game on Alito. I was there, and in the second quarter alone, he did that at least three times. Yeah, um, it was. A, he was excellent. Two, the defense shut out Liberty Hill in the second half. Shut them out. That doesn't happen. No, no. And especially the way it looked, it looked like it was only building. Mm -hmm. Because, and I texted a coach who's very familiar with the slot T um, at halftime, and I go, what's going on with South Oak Cliff? And he t sent me a text about some of the schematic things that they were doing wrong. He said, basically, like, like not, not lining up over the important blockers and things like that. Those little things. He goes, and that's why they're gashing them, especially on weak power. They shut him out in the second half. A defensive masterclass from Jason Todd and his defensive staff. And third, who else do you want on the call for a big moment like that than Teddy Ballgame? Than Ted Emmerich. Mm 
mm-hmm. a a moment for 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 them, a moment for South Oak Cliff, a moment for Dallas, a moment for inner city football, a a a a moment I'll never forget. It was a goosebumps moment there uh, as South Oak Cliff pulls away and gets the win. With about 20-ish seconds left on the clock, there was going to be one more play, and then it was going to be ball game when they showed Coach Todd down there. Yeah. he That was the moment that he just he let loose, and they showed him. They had him on the screen. I don't even know if they showed the last play, but he was looking into the stands. He was pumping his fist, and you could tell that he knew it meant so much more than just those guys on the he field. Had the, he had it the, was awesome. He had the Freddie James blow pop. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a monumental moment there and and super stinking cool for South Oak Cliff to get the victory. Again, give a lot of credit to Liberty Hill. They gave them a lot of fits. But in the end, South Oak Cliff made the plays down the stretch and and come away with their first state championship. Pretty darn cool. My, Great way to kick off Saturday. My dad was, uh, he texted me, he was in the very middle of the, the sock crowd because he wanted to just get the experience. And he, he texted me at one point in like the second quarter and goes, it's a stinking party down when, there. <laughs> when Quaylen Farrar ran in for that touchdown that you saw, when he ran for the touchdown, that's the second loudest I've ever heard that building. It's not as loud as when Longview pounced on that fumble. Mm-hmm. That's still the loudest. That's the second loudest. Number three. Pulls it down. And then it gets knocked out of his hands by Jim. Westbrook 72, May 66, the 1A Division 1 state championship game. And and that play, it seems like a small play. That's the ball game. Mm -hmm. That is fourth down, May throwing into the end zone for the win. And Jimmy Roberts Jr., the preseason defensive player of the year in Dave Campbell's Texas football comes up with the play of the year. It was amazing. That's a touchdown. That's a state championship winning touchdown. Not to mention he they saw the extra point, but still he got the he single handedly got the stop on third. Yes. down. That was a fourth down play for to win the game, and he got the stop on the third down, and then went and made that play for the fourth down. This was two. These were two different games. This was one game for 30... There's 40 minutes in a six-man game. This was one game for 32 minutes and a completely different game for the other eight. Mm-hmm. The first 32, this thing was back and forth. Cedric Ware for Westbrook was unbelievable. He was so good. The dual MVP, he was so good. Caden Hawk and Avery Willif- Williford were throwing haymakers at one another or, or for, uh, for, uh, <laughs> for May. They were going back and forth. Big play after big play. This was a true six-man shootout. Mm-hmm. Back and forth. And in the final eight minutes, it became tight. Yep. Okay. Seventy-two. May uh, May pulled within uh, a touchdown. Seventy-two sixty-six with eight minutes left in the game. Okay. The next drives or the next the next few drives. Let me see. They go. Uh, turnover on downs. Turnover on downs. End end of game. That was it. So basically, May got the ball. May got the ball, and they're like, "We're gonna milk the rest of this clock. Mm-hmm. We're gonna milk the rest of this clock, and we're gonna make you." Uh, they had the ball for five minutes. Yeah, which in six man football is, is eternity. A ton. Like, that's unspeakable. But they grind it out. They're like, we're gonna beat you late. Mm-hmm. We're gonna beat you late. And sure enough, Jimmy Roberts. They're thrown in the end zone. Jimmy Roberts Jr. comes away with the defensive play. The defensive play of the state championship games. I think so. It had has to, have to been. be. 
a remarkable because yeah, all the other big plays were special teams oriented. <laughs> if you have never seen six man football or you know somebody who's never seen six man football, go back show and watch them this, this game, game. Show them this game, and they'll be a fan. That is a perfect entree, and what a way to start it. Yeah, we were like we made the comment like we'll take eleven more of these. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> we did get a few more of them though, yeah. including number two. Back come the Lions. Murphy had the big nights. Still going. Here he goes. Can you believe this? This is going to be an 86-yard touchdown run for Malcolm Murphy. And Murphy once more will get over and touchdown dance over on the sideline. After the play is over. Greg, I was about to ask you if Franklin was able to drive this ball down the field and get a two-score advantage on this Gunner football team, would that be enough separation? Heck, they do it in one play. What a run. What a Franklin 49, Gunner 35, and the three division two state championship game, the Thursday night affair there at AT&T Stadium. <clears throat> this was a game where it was it was my most anticipated game of the week, mm-hmm. and I love being right. And what I mean by that is I love getting excited for a game and being like, "This game's going to be awesome," and telling everybody I know Thursday night, clear your schedule. You got to watch Gunner and Franklin because mm-hmm. this has happened a lot before. It's happened where you're like, "This game's going to be great." You got to make sure you watch. Shiner Furio is a perfect example. Yes, Shiner Furio. Oh, guys. You gotta stop down. You gotta make sure you watch it. Yeah, it's Thursday night. We got it on Texas. It's gonna be great. Make sure you watch it. And then, no offense, it was a wet fart. And then, Shiners blew him out. Mm-hmm. I love whenever you recommend a high school football game to people, and it lives up to the hype. And it lives up to the hype. Yes, that is one of the like singular most exciting. It's such things. a joy. It is. <laughs> Gunner was excellent in this game for three quarters. They were able to run the ball really effectively with Ethan Sloan, uh, with Saul Rodriguez, who had a long, who had a lo- one long run. Um, Hutt Graham was able to run the ball. Their offense was cooking, and and what's what was interesting, you know, we didn't know what kind of game this was going to be. We no. thought two great defenses could be a low scoring game. Mm-hmm. Two great offenses could be a high scoring game. Ended up being that one, and this game went back and forth in a lot of ways. With the two offenses just doing their base offense. And you started thinking, okay, well, who's going to get a stop then? Mm-hmm. Who's going to come with the stop? Franklin, their slot T was humming. Was fantastic in this game. Malcolm Murphy might have had the best singular performance out of the weekend. He ran for 280, 280 and four touchdowns. It was insane to watch. Bryson Washington ran for 165 and three. He was his second leading mm-hmm. rusher. Franklin ran for 523 yards on the ground. And they threw for, let me check my notes here, yep. mm. uh, zero. Zero. Literally didn't even attempt to pass. They did. Oh, that one. They, they attempted three. one. Yeah, okay. They went 0 for 3. They went 0 for 3 on their passing. And, and like, in fact, we were, we were up there in the booth, and I think it was Mike Craven. Like, one of their passes fell incomplete, and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm glad, because I don't want them to have, like, seven yards, yards passing. passing. It's yeah. better if they have zero. Right, right. Ish they're made the, a great meme. <laughs> they're the first... UIL state champion to win um, uh, a, to, to win the state championship game with zero passing yards since 2007 mm-hmm. when Liberty Hill did it. And in the end, what this ended up coming down to, in my opinion, 
is that this was the first competitive fourth quarter Gunner ever played. Mm-hmm. And it was not for Franklin. No. Franklin had beaten Lorena in week one, mm-hmm. a win that aged very well. And they beat Fr- Wascom the week before. And they yeah. got pushed in the fourth quarter. Gunner had never been push- pushed in the fourth quarter. And one of these teams was going to have gas left in the tank. Mm-hmm. And it was Franklin. A remarkable game. A, a heavyweight slugfest. A tremendous ball game that lived up to every hype. That, those were the two best teams in 3A Division oh, 2. Yeah, you no cannot doubt. convince me otherwise. Hard stop. Those are the two best teams. Franklin is now the highest scoring 3A team of all time. They're the fourth highest scoring UIL Texas high school football game of all, team of all time. And to do that to that team, mm-hmm. that's the other team we really have to consider their, their place in the Pantheon of Texas high school football. Well, and that was the thing, too. Ish Malpal and I were at that game, the semifinal game against Wascom the week before. And we said we were like, after I got done talking to Fanning for, uh, for, Bass, or for Bally, we were like, Oh my goodness, he wants this so bad. The way that things ended the year before last, yes. there was no doubt in my mind that they were going to be uh, the full game. And they were going to be going. And Franklin gets their first ever state championship. Coach Mike, Mark Fannin uh, brings it home to Franklin. Just, just remarkable, remarkable. And we thought, we thought that it wasn't going to get any better than that. Number one. Who yards from a state championship? Jacob Brown, the tailback. Ryan Delson, the fullback. First and goal at the two for Peyto. It is to Brown. Brown's across. The Katie Peyto Panthers are the 5A Division I state champions of Texas in overtime. Peyto 27, College Station 24 in overtime. Where do you even start? Um, This was two teams taking tire irons to one another for 48 minutes, and it wasn't enough. Mm -mm. And we needed an extra frame. We needed this. And we wanted more. (laughs) This, in the trenches, in the tackling, in the Blocking. This was gladiatorial stuff. Mm-hmm. These were two teams absolutely hammering one another over and over. This was big boy football. It really was. This was physical. This was angry. This was mean. This was awesome. College Station on the first play from scrimmage, which is going to get forgotten forever. <laughs> like, first play from scrimmage, Traylon Sewell takes off for an 80-yard touchdown, and we go, oh, boy. It's on. <laughs> it's on. Start your engines. <laughs> Katie Pato claws back. The running game starts going. Uh, you know, guys like uh, C.J. Dumas was very good. Uh, they ran the ball well with Jacob Brown. Uh, Brian Del-C- uh, Del-C- uh, Del-C- uh, Del Cid rather, was their fullback. He got their first touchdown. 
Um, and the running game, I, I believe what Step said. When Step said that they were Katie and Baby Blue, they're Katie and Baby Blue. Mm. Hard-nosed defense, same old, that same game plan, that same playbook of like, we're going to line it up, we're going to run it at you. And we're going to wear gonna, you down. And then we're going to play run a little play action. And that was great. College Station, I thought Jet Huff was really good in this game. Yes. He made some big plays. He got a, he picked up a couple more offers. After he was the game. under constant harassment from this front from Plato, and he made big boy throws. Marquise Collins, Collins is a dude. I've been saying it the whole off season, or the whole playoffs is a dude. He played great. Unreal. And here's here's where this game really got fun for me. Katie Pato is up 21-14 with four minutes about five minutes left. Yes. Five minutes left. And Pato decides to go for it on like fourth and eleven. They're on like their own like uh third they're on 30s. like the 29. 29. Too long to kick. Right? 39, 29. Right. Yeah. Uh, 29. And they, it's too far to kick. It's like 4th and 14. And Peyto doesn't convert. Mm-hmm. College Station takes over. One play. Marquise Collins. To the house. A little wraparound counter. 71 yards. Ties the game up four minutes ago. Then, Peyto goes three and out. Mm-hmm. College Station gets the ball back, and I go, here comes the hero drive. Here it comes. Pato's defense stands tall. We go to overtime. Overtime, College Station uh, held to a field goal. Pato gets the ball. Pato starts driving. Pato starts driving. They're down three in the second part of overtime. Mm-hmm. It's fourth and one at the three. Well, actually, it's back up because field they got goal. held to fourth and it was like fourth and four. Yes. They're they lining were, up to kick a field goal. And it was going to be, I mean, it was it was going to be, it was not a gimmick 30, field goal. 35, 36. In high school, yeah. it is not automatic. No. It and wasn't col- astronomical, but it was not a given. And College Station jumps off sides. Mm-hmm. First down for Peyto. Then they get fourth and one at the three. Mm-hmm. And this is the play everyone's always going to talk about. C.J. Dumas quarterback sneak. Yes. First of all, shout out B.J. Gott for going for this. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. He knows... If we get this yard, we have first and goal at the two, and there ain't no way they're stopping us three no, times. No, you've got four tries. And you can always kick two. a field goal from there if you need to. Yeah. But there ain't no way they're stopping us three times. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is our state championship moment. If we get this if we get this first down on fourth and one at the three, we're going to win a state championship. Yes. So a lot of credit to him because I think that's the right call. Absolutely. They run the quarterback sneak with C.J. Dumas. He gets a push from behind. I'll be honest. This is me. Live, as it's happening, I thought the spot was good. Yes, I thought it was a good spot. I thought the officials got it right. Live, they okay? bring out the chains. They bring out the chains. They say you're good. You're good. First it's down. a first down by about three, four inches. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was very basically close. from the white to the nose of the ball. Very close. They go to replay. Upon replay, do I think C.J. Dumas got it? I don't know. It's close. It's real close. close. And, but but here, the, we don't know because you, the, you the, can't see the it from the hit. camera angle. The His back hit. is completely at the camera angle no matter where you are at. You cannot you see see tell ball. from a replay. And here's the thing. As soon as they went to replay, and I'm standing with Patrick Madrowski, our producer, mm-hmm. who, is, who, who of course is in the television business. He understands cameras and stuff so, like that. Yeah. And he turns to me like, there's no way they can overturn this. No. There's, there can't. Because there, there has to be clear, clear evidence. Clear evidence clear and convincing evidence that you have to overturn it. Was he short? We'll never know. We'll never know. And I think reasonable people can disagree. 
but they get the first down. A play later, Jacob Brown runs in, and Katie Pato is your state champion in a an instant classic, a whale of a ball game, a spectacular game. Not to mention two, war- two teams of Warriors going at it on the biggest stage in the final Friday night game of the year. Just sensational. Not to mention, these are two teams that have uh, not even been around a decade. So that was really cool to see. (laughs) A game nobody deserved to lose. No, yeah, they. A game nobody deserved to lose. That's one of those where you see the like you see the College Station players after the game just sitting there, and your heart just your heart aches for them them because they played played a whale so great. What a game! The best game of the weekend. Katie Pato of College Station. and what a weekend it was at AT&T Stadium. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, a couple of things here. Let's go with one, a programming note. We will have a show tomorrow, and then we are off for Christmas. Yes. Correct? Uh, yeah, and I guess I can tell you guys this. Uh, tomorrow will be our last show of the week. Uh, tomorrow's going to be my last show for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to take some paternity leave. Yeah. So you'll be uh, pickles. Got you covered. Don't worry, you're in <laughs> you're good hands. You're stuck with us again. <laughs> you're in good hands. But I'm going to take a little bit of paternity leave, so you'll be without me for uh, for a spell. So mm-hmm. there's that. Now you know. Um, another thing, Chris Gilbert, happy birthday oh! to our guy. Oh. Uh, someone I need Post to go back Gilbert. and look. I think it was uh, Zach tweeted out a picture of him in his old sock uniform so if you haven't seen that on twitter you uh, need to go look at it Mm because it's fantastic the other thing since i didn't get to do this last week and wanted to go ahead and shout him out aaron flynn sent us christmas cards and i wanted to say thank you for taking the time to do that that meant a lot he designed them and they were really cool so appreciate it uh yeah merry christmas back to you anything else nope that'll be it it's gonna do it for us thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to, for now, the head coach of the Austin Westlake Chaparrales, <laughs> Todd Dodge, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.